Hello, it's Larry Ford coming to you directly from Athens, Georgia on this June morning, what is it, June 23rd, AthFest weekend. Oh, but I won't be there because I'm editing my podcast. I uh, have one coming up with Greg Minson, but today's podcast is Dan Edgar, an energetic young singer-songwriter and stand-up comedian on the local scene. I want to shout out a special thank you to KA Artist Shop for hosting me for my talk with Dan. We sat in there and chilled out in their nice little workroom where normally it's rented out to artists to come work in a professional environment. But she let me have it for my little project, and I sat in there and talked to Dan, and we hashed out a few things, and uh, I think it went well, so give it a listen. My voice is gone. I can't do it online. Yeah, it's... It shot, man. Dude, I did, I did last four night? shows last... No, I did, it was gone before that. I just drank a bunch of tea. My range right. isn't fully... It wasn't we're even talking. Fully last we're night. recording. All right, it's we're happening. starting. This, yeah. this is it. Welcome, Dan. Do you want me to look there? Yeah, look, look, uh, look uh, anywhere you want. Okay. Yeah, look uh, anywhere cool. you want. Yeah, yeah. I first met you at Open Mic. Yeah. And I knew you were a stand-up, but you just did some sort of punk rock vokey songs. Yep. And I, I refreshed myself by listening to the band camp that you told me not to listen to. Yes, we should we should keep that unnamed. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. sorry. I'll believe it out. Or say it. You can say it. That's fine. The unhappy birthday is at bandcamp.com. You can uh-huh. see who I used to be. It's very different than the artist and person I am now. That's fine. Okay. It's part of history. Okay. I left it's it up okay. for a reason. I was like, I'm gonna. I deleted a bunch of other stuff, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm leaving this because it's mm-hmm. part of. I think it shows my integrity as an artist. There's if you yeah. dig back further too, you can go to I think it's youtube.com slash. Fender Lizard music. Fender Lizard. Yeah, that's like real. Okay. That that's old school though. That's All like right. even before. And then before that, there's nothing in existence. Nothing. I've done very well. There's an old old MySpace, but I'm not gonna give the name. People, okay. you can search for that's it and see if you find it. Totally legit. Very <clears throat> legit. Don't have to dig too deep into somebody's life. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, that's the thing. That's the beauty of the internet. It's there if you yeah. want to. You if can you... probably find it. Exactly. If you want to stalk me, there's no reason to. You have to do the work, right? Right, yeah. Is it going to be rewarding? It won't be rewarding enough. It's not worth it. Don't do the work. (laughs) Um, When did it occur to you that arts was your focus, would be your thing? Hmm. When did it occur to me that art would be my thing? I think I was always an artistic kid. I liked, um, I mean, there's some videos when I was like two years old uh, playing with like toys and you can see me playing it. It's like very elaborate, and I've all the toys spread out, and I've created this world and this occasion. But then when I noticed my parents were filming, I would stop and just stare at them, like, "Hey, this is my, this is my thing." This and I'm still like that. If I'm writing a song I don't like, for I like to very, retreat into a quiet place. Uh-huh. Um, I don't like anybody. And people that are my friends or, or maybe an audience member or something, mm-hmm. it's like, I like your music, can I, can I sit there? I'm like, sure, but then I'm, I just quit what I'm doing because I'm trying to write a song. I don't like for people to be part the f- of the process mm-hmm. of making it. The focus changes when, yeah, for, I, I can understand yeah. that. You're, you're not, it's not, you're not doing the same thing anymore when someone else is present. Yeah. It's a different function. Absolutely. A, a friend of mine who's, you know, a pretty good musician and a singer-songwriter and, a, and another friend, both of them were, and they're like, let's, let's write a song together. And maybe that's something that they could do, but I couldn't... Collaborate? I, I couldn't, collaborate? Yeah, I didn't feel like I could be a healthy contributor to that process. It was, you know, I needed, I needed to do it 
on my own or have it all my way or or not. You know, I don't know. Yeah, are you still like that? Do you not like to collaborate? Yeah, I'm not. I can collaborate in things, but I think as long as either I'm agreeing to be a helper on someone else's project. Yeah. Because it's it's so, like, yeah, songwriting and storytelling, any art I've done, whether it's, like, um, within film industry script type mm-hmm. stuff or um, stand-up comedy, I would say is even more vulnerable than music because at least in music I have a guitar between me and the audience right, and right. something to distract. Exactly. Stand-up's just, it's me and a microphone, like, mm-hmm. this, this is my life. Yeah. And if there's, if there's no response, mm-hmm. it feels pretty shitty because yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I agree with you. I, I don't, I'm not very much... I like to collaborate. I think that people make my songs better. Like when I've had a drummer and a bassist mm-hmm. or a guitarist and like... I don't think you've ever seen me play with a band, but when I had mm-hmm. the Unhappy Birthdays, there was this guy, Jack Peoples, mm-hmm. who's a great stand-up comic. Um, he, ju- he's, he's, uh, he just moved from Athens to Atlanta. He got about as big as he can get uh-huh. in Athens and moved to Atlanta, which is the norm. That's what I did uh-huh. also. Yeah, and yeah. then I was doing stand-up and film industry stuff. Uh-huh. But just decided to come back to quiet little Athens. No, okay. Um, yeah. It's sick. Uh, the, these industry things, uh, every single thing within the entertainment industry moves really fast. And it's like, I mean, I was putting forth the work and mm-hmm. taking the steps and progressing, but I was like looking around and I was like, this is all run by like money, sex, power. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like selling their soul to it. Yeah. It's a hard thing to figure. Like, I want to be in charge. So it's not that I don't want to get successful. I would be lying if I, did, if I said, I don't right. want to be famous. Like, that's, right, right. I don't think that's true. I do want to, but I want to do it yeah. maybe in a way that's not mainstream. Right. You would, right. You want to hold on to your uh, integrity. Artistic or integrity. Feel right to yeah. you. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, more, moralistic confliction yeah, a little yeah. bit. You were born a preacher's kid? Yes, sir. And how, what, uh, that, that's, that's a unique. That's a unique perspective. I'm, I'm. I mean, this could be the rest of the podcast. Yeah. We don't even have to talk about like what my current projects. It could just oh, well, be. I'll tell you what. Give me a quick, Give me a quick like five minute overview of being a pastor's kid. Well, say birth, school, college up to now. Just okay. Like, give me a sure. quick overview, and then then we'll probably build in the in the born again Christian world we call this a testimony. Ah, that's, what, that's what it's okay. called. Right. Um, and then like, <laughs> people are just like, "What's your story?" Uh, Which is what Christians to say, but Christians are weird, and they're like, "We want to change culture," and it's like, "Yeah, if you call it okay. something weird, yeah, yeah." Then nobody wants to come. Nobody, everybody's like, "Why are you guys so weird?" <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So I was born a pastor's kid. He's a, my dad's a Southern Baptist preacher. I have to add the caveat. He's not the typical Southern Baptist preacher. Mm-hmm. Southern Baptists are um, many times uh, nothing but fire and brimstone and not mm-hmm. very loving. Uh, my dad and mother taught me to love everyone, regardless mm-hmm. of religion or, or gender or uh, political affiliation, um, sexual identity, sexual orientation, yeah. that sort of thing. Sounds like a pretty healthy perspective. Yes. Well, home life, yes. Uh-huh. But as a child, at the churches my dad was pastoring, uh-huh. I didn't understand as a pastor's kid, like... Well then, why are why the hell are all these people saying this thing? Why is it and it's and, and I'm like you're the pastor and I, like as a child I don't understand like my dad can't change a church even if he is the senior pastor. I see. There are other and he, like my dad's my dad's goal is for everyone to be more become more Christ like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get you're you're battling with with, with church people we, whether whether you're a yeah. believer or not whether you're a Christian or non Christian we all agree church people can be. The worst people in the world. <laughs> like they're just they. Um, they're well, not. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it's it, my my approach is it's just people. Yeah. You know, like people I, in general, they don't. Yeah. Have, yeah. I agree. 
it's like I'll, I'll, I got into Buddhism, Buddhism for a while, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this is this is awesome because you're reading the purity, the purity of the what they're writing, and it's beautiful stuff, and it's enlightened stuff. However, then you just see how they, how the, you know, horrible, atrocious acts happen in predominantly Buddhist mm. countries. It's not, it's not the fault of the religion or the philosophy. Mm. People are messed so people, up. You know, people are, people yeah, people are sinners. Yeah, yeah. D.A. Carson was a theologian. Um, he's still around. He's still writing stuff. Um, but he once said, uh, if you ever find the perfect church, don't go to it or you'll ruin it. <laughs> like, oh. and like, cause there are people <laughs> like within the Christian world, yeah. there are people that are like, this church isn't perfect. I'm going to find mm-hmm. the perfect church. Or I, right. I like their music, but the preaching sucks. Or I like, you know, yeah. well, I, I really love the women's ministry, but their kids ministry is terrible. And it's uh-huh. just like, it's like, well, everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. Mm-hmm. And if, if you go into it with that mentality, and also if you go into it with the mentality of, I mean, if you are a Christian, if you are, cause we, my favorite thing about church is that, a healthy, a sign of a healthy church. Um, and I'll brag on my my home sure, church sure. from Atlanta, Renovation Church in downtown Atlanta. Pastor Leon Crump is the pastor. He was in the NFL for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, he played for the Sooners, then he played for uh, the New Orleans Saints for a couple of seasons, and was for, played for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and now he's a fantastic um, preacher mm-hmm. um, and teacher and, and pastor. He pastors and mentors me. Um, one of his things, and the pastors and elders at Renovation are like, you don't have to be a Christian to come here. Mm-hmm. And not every church says that, but not every church means that. Because like right. people say, we welcome everybody, but like, we'll change this and change that. Don't talk this way and don't wear that. And, don't, right. and quit having sex with that person and don't yeah. do this and don't do this. And it's like, well, Jesus says, come just as you are. Mm-hmm. And Jesus um, did, if you, I believe, if you encounter Jesus, you will change. Like, I've mm-hmm. rapidly changed my yeah. lifestyle. I, I used to sleep around and now I'm celibate. There, mm-hmm. I used to... Um, I'm on probation right now for yelling uh, "fuck the police" at the police in downtown uh, Athens. Uh, <laughs> I don't do those things <laughs> anymore. Mo- yeah, 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 yeah. I don't there drink. I don't drink. Reasons not to yeah, I'm sober. <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not most people's story. Yeah, that aren't yeah. that ramp like they're not mm-hmm. that debaucherous. Mm-hmm. But um, I believe there will be life change. Mm-hmm. But but that's between you and the Lord. Mm-hmm. And and a pastor or elder's job or a deacon's job is to help walk you through that. Guide you and, and not pressure yeah, you into... Right. And growing yeah. up Southern Baptist, my dad and mother, looking back, my father, my earthly dad and, and mom mm-hmm. are great. Like, mm-hmm. they, they're on board with all this stuff. They're, they're trying to do that. But it was hard. And I I, I just have... Uh, I, I'm very rebe- yelling curse words at the police to get arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, already ha- I have a rebellious heart. <laughs> so already growing up, like, with a rebellious heart in this setting... I'm like, man, what the, what is wrong with all these people? I hate church. And like, um, and it did, I love church cause I love people. So yeah. I loved church up until high school. And then I was a missionary overseas for a while. Then I was a youth director at a church in a church plant in DC, which was just an unhealthy church plant. There were, um, five men, including myself leading it. I was, I was leading the youth department. And then there was uh, the senior pastor, associate pastor, a kid's pastor, and then a, a worship director, mm-hmm. like a music director. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the senior pastor was just not, didn't, Based on the fruits in his life, did not love Jesus, and I, I can't say I can't say that for sure. He, he might love Jesus, and he's just doing a terrible job because I've been there also. Like I've, yeah, I've tried to follow yeah. Jesus, I'm I'm being a shithead to everybody. Mm-hmm. But he he would treat he would treat homeless people differently than people that that gave more money and things yeah. like that, and lied a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was mm-hmm. in an, an immature place place also. I was 22 mm-hmm. at being asked to lead the middle school and high school ministry. Uh, I don't know what the hell I was doing. Uh, yeah. And if I had had someone that was helping me. Uh, so the se- the uh, the senior pastor once told the director after he fired me, uh-huh. well, he fired me, and I was living. 
I was living in his apartment. He evicted me and fired me. Oh, wow. So it was, it was crazy. Was... Like, you know, like Jesus would do. And then um, <laughs> he, uh, so I was like, man, I moved in with the kids pastor who helped mm-hmm. me. And the worship director has a story where, like in a staff meeting one or two weeks after. And they both turned in their two weeks after I got fired. Uh-huh. They were like, all right, this, this place is uh-huh. like, it's screwed. Uh, but I mean, I, I wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, I was so much better. Like, our mm-hmm. staff meetings were me cussing out the senior pastor. Like, oh. you can't do this shit. And uh, he's like, you can't say that word. I'm like, oh, you can't say the S word, but you can uh, lie about taking a salary or not taking a salary. Like, you know, yeah. things like that. And then. Yeah, it's, there's, a, there's a, I mean, I, I, I totally get it. It's like you, you, you're, um, you're clinging to your virtues and your, and your um, integrity. But you're also becoming impossible because... Yeah. But I'm also... And the thing that I live by now is like, Mm -hmm. well, I struggle with with anger and arrogance. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I don't think I was... I think I was blind to that. Mm -hmm. Thinking like, I am standing for justice. And like... like, like, Why didn't anybody tell you this before? Well, but also I think when I get angry... Uh There, there's a deeper level of that. Like anger is a surface mm-hmm. sin. Mm-hmm. So what, what it is is really, I have to look on the inside. And be like, why am I mad about this? That means there's something I'm doing that's similar to what he's doing, mm, yeah, um, yeah. and I'm running from myself. Okay. Like there's a pride thing there. So I'm no better than he was. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I'm young and foolish. So yeah. I'm like, ah. Yeah. And uh, but the worship director has a story where he was like a week or two after I got let go, it was amazing. He said, and the senior pastor said, I really just wish she would have been. Uh, more of a spiritual mentor to Paul. And the, uh, the worship director was like my age. He was like three mm-hmm. years older than me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what? you're yeah. the senior pastor and you're the father figure. Like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but so that, you know, everybody, we have to give people grace. Like maybe yeah. people, we, I was at a different place in my walk and he was at a different place. Right. And I, my hope is that he has learned from that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, that was a bizarre thing. And then, like, back, dating back before that, like, talking about my dad was great. Like, my dad was always, he was giving me, he could tell I, like, you said, when did you know you're an artist? Um, I really liked music. I was drawn to music and dancing and singing. So my dad was always giving me cassette tapes of both secular bands and Christian artists, just anything mm-hmm. that he thought I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, and really kind of let me decide. Like, I was like, I like the Beach Boys. And I was like, great. I'll buy, I'll buy you Brian Wilson stuff. Like, uh, I was like, I like... Um, there's a Christian artist, Steve Gross Chapman. I was like, I like him. And I was like, great, I'll buy his CDs. And then like, when, then when I got into punk rock, my parents were like, we don't like this, but if you do, we will take you to these. My dad drove across state lines and would like, um, wait in the car. He was like, I'm going to wait in the car and read a book. You uh-huh. come out when you're ready. And like, uh-huh. I get to go in and like, just hang out with punk rock kids, meet my friends. And, uh-huh. and like, um, and he was always very kind but to do that. Supportive, uh, very supportive yeah, dad. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he would come to my show. My parents always came to my shows and did things like that. Meanwhile, though, like, backing up a little bit earlier, because that was when I was, like, a pre... I asked for a guitar when I was, like, 11 or 12, uh-huh. um, and they got me one. Mm-hmm. I wanted an electric guitar. They got me an acoustic, they, mm-hmm. an acoustic guitar, <laughs> and then they got me an electric guitar the next Christmas. Oh, okay. So they gave me, they gave me both. Okay. Um, okay. Well, the, the, well, really, I said, I want an electric guitar, and Dad said, how about you start on an acoustic guitar mm-hmm. first? And he, it was just conversation. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, look through this, pick which one would you want? And I picked the one I wanted. They gave me that one for Christmas. And then the next year, I was like, I want an electric guitar now, and they bought me that one. So they were really... Mm-hmm. Really, really supportive um, in every way. At least that's how I remember the story. I'm getting self-conscious now. I'm like, if Dad listens to this, he's going to be like, that's not what happened. You said you wanted the acoustic well, yeah. guitar, but who knows? Well, we can, yeah, we can uh, revisit that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but Danny and I did before that, though. Like, so, like, when I'm a child and there's, like, all the kids at church, because we're the pastor's family. You're, you're, like, the first family of the church, basically. Yeah. For, like, a f- and my dad never was, well, for a while he was a pastor of a church that was running maybe, I don't know, seven, eight hundred people. Um, but 
usually it was like two or three hundred people, uh-huh. which still is a lot of families and all yeah, the kids yeah. know me, all the parents know me. Um, and like it'd be like a seven year old's birthday party. And everybody, wait, 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 we got to go find Pastor David's kid so that he can bless the birthday cake oh, and ice cream. No. And yeah, and like, I'm just a seven year old. You're not allowed. With, you're not, right, I'm not allowed to be a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I like, and the, but first, and, and then even looking back, it's like, well, there was Trent Sexton and there was uh, uh, Keith Cash and there was these different people. It's like, we were all best friends. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was the worst out of all of them because mm-hmm. we all know, like, PKs are the worst kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, we're caught, like, in, I don't know if this is in the secular world because I always grew up mm-hmm. in the Christian world, but like, we're referred to as PKs. The pastor's kids. Pastor's kids. We're PKs. They're, they're, yeah, they do have. Yeah, there's like bad an acronym. reputation. We're so bad we have our own acronym. Yeah. There's no yeah, like yeah. T- there's no TKs for a teacher's kid. <laughs> but so they're like, Paul's got to bless the birthday cake. Well, I was never even called my name. It was like, where's Pastor David's kid? He needs oh, to pray for the birthday boy. cake and ice cream. And then it's like, meanwhile, I'm like in the corner, like undressing Barbie and snorting crayons. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> we like, he's the chosen one. And yeah. it's like, no. I'm not, I like, I'm not, if anything, I'm more unholy than the rest of these, and I'm pushing and bucking the system right. harder. Right. Um, right. And then, you know, then I'm 12 years old, I'm like, I like punk rock, because yeah. it's like, I've found people where it's like, I don't like the system, and mm-hmm. I never, I mean, even now that I'm an adult, and I've learned to respect authority mm-hmm. and submit to authority figures in my mm-hmm. life, I still am not a very systematic person. I'm an right, artist. Right. So it's weird to be in that environment where mm-hmm. it's like, put on a suit and tie. Like, there were times where I would get in a fight with my mom. She's like, you're going to wear this to church today. And I'd be like, no. Like, uh-huh. I want to wear it. And I'm still like that. I'll wear cutoffs and a t-shirt mm-hmm. to church. Mm-hmm. I will dress up occasionally now, though, just for mm-hmm. fun, just so people are like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll grow a big beard, mm-hmm. and then I'll right, be clean right. cut. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I don't really care what I look like. Right. And I'm, I do that intentionally to prove a point. Like, yeah. I will dress preppy. I will dress mm-hmm. punk. Right. I will dress, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it really doesn't matter and then but it but it makes a difference in it does. in 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 it makes a difference in a practical way sure but in a in the inside way it doesn't but the, I'm, the, I'm pushing people, the envelope where I'm yeah. trying to be like salacious and edgy and be like yeah. look it doesn't matter if I'm yeah, clean yeah, cut yeah. and wear a suit and tie yeah. or if I have a beard <laughs> and I'm wearing cutoffs and a tank right. top I am the same person yeah, yeah. and I'll do that I'll wear both styles mm-hmm. and, and, and groom myself both yeah, ways exactly. for both church and like a show venue, yeah. like Indra shots. Exactly. Cause it's like, what do you, like, what, it, what does this mean? And I like people, like I'm hopefully I do that intentionally. <laughs> There's a passage in, in scripture when, when the apostle Paul wrote to the church of Corinth, mm-hmm. first Corinthians chapter nine, he says, I'm all things to all people. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever want there to be a barrier between me and somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to prove like, I don't care what, mm-hmm. What are you just like? What you talk like? What, I, I want people to love Jesus. I love Jesus. Right. So how do I show that I... And then, like that goes back to I was a missionary overseas for several mm-hmm. years. And when I was in those places, I would dress like they did, do their uh-huh. customs, learn certain phrases in their uh-huh. language, because that's what being a missionary is. Right. It doesn't matter. Like It's a two-way... Right. So like the, the F-bomb, I've dropped that once in this uh-huh. podcast, because I'm talking to you and I know that you don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it might not be the most... Um, not palatable church. language. Right. Not churchy language. It's not churchy language. <laughs> it's not. I don't use that. I don't use that word at church mm-hmm. or around my mother. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mom. Love, I love you. <laughs> she's already turned it off. I've already said the yeah, F word. She's, she's already. Cool. She's 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 checked out. Um, if anyone's still listening and you're offended by that word, I'm sorry. Yeah, I apologize. Sorry. But um, yeah, that's how I talk too. I'm just brash and grew mm-hmm. up in, in dingy clubs, mm-hmm. with, you know, rooms mm-hmm. with full smoke. My first band, I was 15 years old with my friends. Jerry McCoy and Matthew Cooper, we started a Blink-182 cover band called Man Overboard, mm-hmm. and it was 
we never did anything. It was mm-hmm. just like we played at, yeah, at yeah. church basements and in, in garages. <laughs> but it was like, that's just how I learned to talk because mm-hmm. those are people I was around. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's, I do think it's strange. Theology of words has always been fascinating to me because I'm like, we, America picked seven words and they're like, these words retain power. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Like, exactly. Yeah. They, for some reason, they have, they shouldn't. Yeah, they really shouldn't. And it's interesting to me that Christians are the one giving it power. I'm yeah. like, you're like... And, and another one thing that fascinates me is this uh, it's, uh, terminology is that these worlds are they're called profanity. But that I think the definition of profane is common. Right. So, yeah. So it's common. So that sounds kind of boring. But it also sounds like maybe, maybe there's an elevated language... That gives the impression that there's some sort of higher style of language that's not profane, and it sounds like it's more than just leaving out words that you. It, it is, bar, and I know, to so. be to be perfectly honest, I think like I don't think I should use the F word, even mm-hmm. though it still slips from time to time. Mm-hmm. But it's because it, it would be. I think there is a there is a level you reach where like my language is offensive to no one. Mm-hmm. My dad is, has proved this. He said, "Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but." Why use it if it's going to offend somebody? Then if you don't use it, you don't have to worry about it. Because no one that, that doesn't mind the word isn't going to mind if you're not using it. Right. And I think that makes a good point. Mm-hmm. But then I think there are also there are moments, um, I can't remember which, I think it's the Church of Galatia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, when, when Paul, so it's in, Gal- in the book of Galatians in the Bible. I might be wrong on that. Mm-hmm. I'd have to cross-check it. But when he wrote to the Church of Galatia, at one point he says, your dogma is nothing but... Uh, our translation say rubbish. But if you date it back and you, you study the, the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic, mm-hmm. the word he used was skebula, mm-hmm. which was a used which was a word used in like Shakespeare. Okay. Um, not often. It was used rarely, but it was used to evoke a certain emotion. Mm-hmm. And if we're being intellectually honest, the word mm-hmm. he used was shit. Uh, but um, <laughs> which is funny because he was like a pastor back mm-hmm. in the day. Like we're too soft for Paul to be our pastor. Yeah. Like Paul cannot be the apostle Paul cannot be the pastor at any <laughs> church in America today. Yeah. People would leave. He, he said in Galatians it's, I want to say it's Galatians chapter like <laughs> two or three, mm-hmm. um, maybe Galatians chapter five. I can't remember exactly, um, but he's mm-hmm. talking about circumcision because the Jews were circumcised, and then when Jesus died on the cross, and the Gentiles, um, they were they were like having a fight. Like we're more Christian because we're circumcised. Mm-hmm. And then Paul wrote in his letter and said, "You're more circumcised, or you're you're more Christian because you're more circumcised. Well, then why don't you just cut emasculate yourself? Why don't you just oh. cut?" So Paul yeah, said, yeah. "Why don't you go big boy, cut the whole thing off?" Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He t- like he was hard. That's like pretty, yeah, that's when he, his letters, if you read them, <laughs> that's when uh, that's when uh, Peter writes elsewhere. Sometimes what Paul said is hard to understand. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like that guy is a little he's cray. Like, he doesn't mean. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't mean to go emasculate <laughs> yourself. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so there's there's that sort of stuff. But theology of words is very. I love talking about it, and I'm not very good at um, exhibiting godly language. But no, I'm I'm, wor- I'm trying think, to get there. I think yeah, no one's perfect, and you 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 don't make a habit of the sure. language, and then no one takes you seriously when you do use it. I sure. Think, and also, I think there's a significance to uh, or, or an art to being effective or bold. And not resorting to any of the easy words yes. that are that are effective, you know. And that's why. Well, the, it's, I think that's the thing of like words like shit lose their mm-hmm. meaning mm-hmm. if you're like okay, Paul. I believe the apostle Paul used it. How many times mm-hmm. did he use it? Once. It, mm-hmm. it, it, he used, it, when you used when it, 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 it meant yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So now, like these words have lost their meaning because there are people like me that just use them all the time and curse like a sailor. Yeah. And then I'm realizing now as I'm getting older, like 
oh, like these words are okay, but there's a specific time and place to use them, and mm-hmm. they shouldn't be fueled by anger when you're using them. Mm-hmm. They should be. You should be in a very <clears throat> peaceful place mm-hmm. to use them and make a point mm-hmm. or an art. I think mm-hmm. that this language is far more acceptable in a song or in, or in a movie uh-huh. or in or maybe a novel or something mm-hmm. rather than just in everyday speak. That's that. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's also where it's, I think my artistic brain. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm just uh, you know, as a, you're an artist. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. Our brains just work different than yeah. everybody else's. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. If you're creating something, then it it, it is a, it becomes a different thing. It's it's a you're you're a persona when you're. Yeah, and then but sometimes I'm stuck in that persona just mm-hmm. when I'm like just every day on the street. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, I'm Daniel, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, you don't you stay in character. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to. Mm-hmm. It's just like well, it's because I'm always writing songs and writing like yes, into my, and then I'm like right, I'm actually yeah. literally writing. It's all in my head, and then if I see somebody, and I'm like, oh, oh, like <laughs> who am I? What's going on right now? <laughs> um, um, so let's see. Uh, you got you did theater and little theater in high school, or I did. I uh, did several productions. I did. Um, Trying to think. My favorite thing I did was actually, it's a small, I can't remember the playwright's name, but it was called um, The Least Offensive Play in the Whole Darn World. Why well, have I heard of that? Heard it's of a great, great play. Yeah. Um, I got cast as a lead for that. It was my junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And it's these two, like, door to door salesmen mm-hmm. that are going around trying to sell a product that cleans up plays so that people can perform them in high school so they pick like Shakespeare and they pick these things with all these offensive like oh, sex scenes and violent that scenes is interesting. and they just make it silly like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they take out what, what is it is it um, <laughs> like they take out what is it Macbeth it's not Macbeth I know it's not I feel foolish what's the what's the play where there's someone and she has two dead babies there's a scene where she's holding two dead babies oh I don't know I there's a only only two or so that I actually it's a very famous. I'm, I feel uh, I feel really dumb that I can't remember this. But there's there's a very famous. It's like it's not Macbeth, but it's something where it's like if I said it, you'd be like, oh right. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. like we take that scene and we replace the dead babies with watermelons. Like we spray the script and then just change. It makes mm-hmm. it makes yeah. these powerful and then it scenes. Matter anymore, yeah. yeah, it makes these powerful <laughs> scenes that were making a poignant point mm-hmm. in in um in ancient like literature and and uh, art. Mm-hmm. Um, silly, yeah. and then it, but the the point it's the player it's spinning it's on its head saying yeah. kind of what I was talking about with theology where it's like you guys are dumb like you're mm-hmm. focusing on the wrong thing mm-hmm. like what was the point this person was trying to make I I love my dad one time we went to Burger King I was like maybe I was a little bit older so I would say I was probably fourteen ish mm-hmm. give or take um, he said you know Paul you're getting older now and I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm not really going to limit like your intake of media as much. Like mm-hmm. in, the, in the next couple of years, you're just going to have free reign. You can watch what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that I believe you know pornography is wrong or like mm-hmm. nudity is wrong. He's like, but and or like certain certain language is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, and you, it's up to you as you become a man as you're out of the house if you believe what's right and wrong. He said, but I would also urge you because a lot of people get confused about this. Even if you say like, well, it's wrong to use this language and it's wrong to look at porn and it's wrong to do this thing. He's like, mm-hmm. people will only watch clean movies with terrible messages. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I would rather watch a movie. It's like, well, that scene wasn't good. And I looked away for that scene, mm-hmm. but the, the message of the, of the whole of the Overall, film was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm a little bit further than my dad on that. And we we, we agree on this point, mm-hmm. but like, I think a lot of the stuff I choose to watch, my dad's like, that's a little like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. even watch that. Right, right. Um, but I, I I really enjoy art and movies, and there are some movies where it's like, yeah, you know, the language was pretty brash. Mm-hmm. But again, language doesn't bother me as much as it bothers my dad, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like that movie made a beautiful point, and I'll show like scenes of that to my dad. I'll be like, well, isn't this a great scene? And my dad's like, yeah, that is really good. The message that's great. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I think that's important because like 
sermons are oftentimes associated with church, mm-hmm. but I, I believe, like being a born again Christian, um, that there is an enemy. Satan can preach. He can use music. He can mm-hmm. use movies. He can use. <laughs> he can control anybody. And there are these people that are like, "That was a great movie." And it's like the message of that movie was, "We should kill the next generation." Like that's not. That's terrible. But it's like if it's with flashy lights and good actors and and like mm-hmm. uh, a great script, good writing, good acting, and it's right. like we missed the point. And I think society as a culture as a whole has lost. We've perverted everything like sex, money, mm-hmm. um, fame. We get excited about the polish, the polish on something. And the, what am I looking for? The shock value, basically, but that's not what I wanted to say. The spot, the sensationalism. Yeah, sensationalism of it. And it's like that, it's the same. It goes back to using uh, profanity just because you can get a laugh with the F-bomb. I'm saying F-bomb now, too. You can get that faster than you can by crafting crafting a sentence. It's because it's bold to say it. Yes. There's a great video with... um, it's, it was an HBO special, but you can find it on YouTube. It's Chris Rock. I want to say it's Chris Rock. Yeah, it's Chris Rock, um, Jerry Seinfeld. I saw um, that. Ricky Gervais and yeah, Louis C.K. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say before all the stuff came out. but It was. Well, it wasn't, well, though. People so, within the industry, people within the stand-up industry about, yeah. knew. But here's the thing with that. Before you and I knew it. I want to talk about Louis in a second because yeah. I have a lot that I, okay. I want to say I about that. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, they're talking about the Jerry's... Jerry Seinfeld, who's mm-hmm. pretty much a clean comic, said, yeah, yeah I, I don't use that language. And I remember the time I didn't use it. Mm-hmm. I said this joke, and he said the F word, and all the three comedians laugh. He said, but think about the joke without the F word. And they're like, it's not mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. And then Louis says, yeah, I know it's cheap. I still do it. I, I, I sell it arenas. Right, <laughs> and it's right. like, you are you do kind of make the choice. Mm-hmm. I've done that. I'm like, this joke isn't funny. If I throw an F word in there, it'll make it funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is strange. That's mm-hmm. how it works. But it is, that is a low-hanging fruit, a cheap mm-hmm. move. You're a better comedian if you don't do it. I agree. Yeah, yeah. You're a better artist. Same with music. It's or like, if, I can or, make... Or the times you're not doing it, you're, um, you're, exor- you're perfecting your, your craft. craft. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you just... I'm going back to Louie. Yeah. People are like, no one knew. And I'm like... I knew. How did I know? And I've never even met the guy. Mm-hmm. And people, but I'm in the stand. I was in the stand-up industry first mm-hmm. from starting in 2014. Mm-hmm. How how is it that I know? And I was told by several comedians. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name who they were, but several women were like, "Hey, mm-hmm. listen, you know, if you ever at a show and Louis is there, or if you ever have any women that are doing a show where Louis is there, you watch out for him. Mm-hmm. That guy's weird." And so it's like, Maybe. well, then that I like, but it, but it it does get sketchy because it's like he was a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Like, I'm not a woman, so I don't know. It's like, well, I was talking to my friend. Yeah, um, I wouldn't want to be in that situation. Right. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't. Uh, I'm a big fan of his work and his comedy, and but I'm not a big fan of what what he was what doing. Apparently, he was doing and positions he was putting people in. My friend, and it's like it's heartbreaking. Sure, it's like, sure. So it's something you struggle with as a as a fan of anybody. Can you separate the art from yeah, the artist, yeah. like the Cosby Show? I mean, yeah, I you know I can. But, but I also I, now yeah. I get reminded of right. these things, and it's I also, also like think about them, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it's and having well, I worked in the film industry for a year when Hollywood just blew up, like from October mm-hmm. 2017 up until May, beginning of May oh, of this year. That's when that's when I, that was the chapter I was working. I made a mm-hmm. Kevin Hart. I helped make a Kevin Hart movie. Mm-hmm. I made. I myself made I a Kevin Hart movie. <laughs> I was a very very small part of making a Kevin Hart movie. Mm-hmm. And then um, Night School comes out in theaters September something. Check it out. Right. Um, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, Ralph Briggle, <laughs> Taron Killam. Uh, Ronnie Malco, my boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll put the um, music behind it. In, yeah, yeah. In editing. <laughs> um, he, 
uh, yeah, go see it. It's going to be great. Um, and then there's a show for TBS, Miracle Workers with Dana Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi, and a bunch of stuff you, you've never heard of and never will see. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right, the smaller right. stuff. Um, but so around this time, I'm working with all these famous people, mm-hmm. and I hear all these stories like, oh, yeah, we knew about Weinstein. I'm like, mm-hmm. why didn't anybody say something? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's just the casting couch is a thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I, we are in a different era, thankfully, where I think women are starting to be respected, mm-hmm. hopefully. Mm-hmm. Because I still talked to, even last night at, um, at Hinder Shows, I was talking to Emily. Emily. Yeah, she's great. Um, we were talking, she said, we were talking about like the difference between being a man in, in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and being a woman. Mm-hmm. She said, I haven't experienced much with music. I experienced it all the time as a barista. I said, I guess it's regardless of industry. Wait, she experienced what? Just sexual uh, harassment. Harassment. Okay. I guess it would be the, yeah. I mean, to not water it down. Or the wrong type of attention. Yeah, like, from, well, the thing yeah. like, it's like, well, it was just a cat call. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but we don't have to. My friend Noel Applin, has a, he's probably my favorite comic right now. Mm-hmm. Noel Applin, he's the best. Um, he uh, dressed up as Scooby Doo this past Halloween, yeah. and then he, he wrote a great uh-huh. bit uh-huh. Um, where he talked about like I used to think I knew what it was like, uh, you know, being marginalized because I'm a black man. Mm-hmm. But then I wore a Scooby Doo suit and walked in, in downtown uh-huh. Athens, uh-huh. and then you got so many jackass fools be like, "Ooh, nice! Can I grab your tail?" And it's like, "Motherfucker, oh, leave no. me alone!" Like, "Oh my god!" And so it's, but he makes a brilliant point of like, we don't know what it's like. Mm-hmm. So Emily was telling me a story where she was. Jogging recently, mm-hmm. dressed conservatively. Like, you know Emily. She's yeah, not yeah, a. She's, she's yeah, a she great. Is. She's a very modest, yeah. like talented woman. Like very right. smart, very intelligent. Yeah, she's um, flirty. Not not yeah. Never yeah. flirtatious. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I mean, she's very beautiful, but she's yeah. not. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that's bad to be like. She's hot. Right, like right, right. It's, she's there. She has a lot more off. Like she's a very smart yeah. woman. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And she was telling me, and she dressed. She was like, I was dressed in. I don't remember what she told me, but she was like, I was dressed in this, this, and this. She's like, it. she's like, how did I like? I didn't yeah. do anything wrong. And I was yeah, like, yeah. no, you didn't. You're just you're, yeah. you're Emily. I you're dressed very conservatively. Actually, even if you know, even if you're well, actually, you can't. Doesn't matter. You yeah, exactly. Basic jogging no, clothes, I agree. You know? It doesn't. Yeah. She could have been wearing a bikini. Yeah, but it it doesn't matter. I'm just making the point. Yeah. She wasn't. Right, right. Even if she was, you're right. That doesn't because yeah. well, you as do men, have, we know you do. Well, we know that more skin, right? Yeah. We know that. But there are certain men that are like, well, she was asking for it, yeah, and it's yeah. like, no, she, no, yeah. that's not, not how this works. They're not necessarily act asking for a comment or a response. She wasn't asking for yeah. anything. She was just yeah. So what happened then? Well, she was. I think she was. Yeah, she was jogging, and some guy said. Uh, this is how she said it for She said, and then the guy yelled at me, Hey, slut, 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 suck my dick, slut. And I was like, What did you do? And then she said, I kept running. Yeah. And I was like, I guess that's all you can do. I was yeah. like, I wanted to sock, the, I would want to sock the guy. And she was yeah. like, You can't. That's just going to draw, like, she's like, This just, just happens. It's not worth it. Yeah. But it's like, that's so sad to me that we still, but even with all this stuff happening. mentally process that. that. That women all have to do that. Yeah. My yeah, friend yeah. Gina um, Consolo, mm-hmm. um, I think she might go by Gina Maria as her artist name. I'm not sure. She, um, she's an artist in Atlanta. She was the one I was talking about earlier that played a show with um, Cortez recently. Mm-hmm. She was telling me, like, just things she has to deal with in the industry mm-hmm. that I don't, I just don't understand or fathom. Mm-hmm. And, like, I shouldn't be surprised at this point. Yeah. Like, I have so many, I have so many friends who are women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of, like, Sam Gordon, who's amazing. Yeah. Um, Lexi Ritter, who's amazing. There's both uh, amazing comedians. Emily's a musician. Like, mm-hmm. um, Gina's a musician. But it's like, Gina's telling me the story where it's like, you, some, this jackass who's, like, kind of a gatekeeper type guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, keep him unnamed. He, like, she just showed with him, and she was so happy and, like, elated. Mm-hmm. And then they exchanged numbers, and he was like, I want to work with you. But then he started, like, saying inappropriate comments, and then mm-hmm. she, like, asked her for cocktails. So mm-hmm. she called him and was like, hey, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well, 
I mean, what what's wrong? Like, why can't? And she's like, I know people do that. I'm not going to. And then like, so she did the right thing and stood right. her ground. Right. But it's still hard for her. I was like, yeah, but why do you still accept the sleazy comments? She's like, you gotta pick your battles. Like, yeah. And then I realized I'm like, why well, do the same thing? Like, women say stupid things to me, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's coming from a place of privilege because I know like. Whatever, she's not going to be a gatekeeper for me. Right. And then all the women have to, mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of in this yeah. as eye candy or this or that. I want to be noticed for my actual talent. Right. Like, And you have to <laughs> constantly play this game that you and I as white men are just yeah. like, don't have to think about. Yeah, right, right, right. And, the, you know, like I talked to somebody the other night too, and they're like, well, I use a different name on Facebook because I get too much attention from creepy guys, you know. And for a split second, yeah. I'm going, you probably do. And then I'm like, oh. Was that in his shots last night? Yeah. It's yeah, like, I was talking maybe to her too. I'm, maybe I'm a creepy guy. You know, it's like, what, you oh. know, it's like, you know, what is it, you know, and, you know. It's I think like, you know if you're the creepy guy. In the past, know. I've been the creepy guy. Yeah. Like, I know, I'm, I'm not, mm-hmm. like, when I, when I, I was in. Everybody's, every guy is potentially the creepy guy. Yeah, but I think you know, know, like, in the past, when I was, when I was sleeping answer. around and being yeah. a jackass, mm-hmm. like, to, so my thing that I did, I was like, well, <laughs> I'd be like, I don't want anything serious. But then I'd sleep with them, and then they'd be attached. I'd be like, look, I told you I didn't want anything serious. Yeah. But that's mixed signals. Of what, you're sleeping with them. Yeah, like, yeah. of course, like, what the are you doing? That's not respecting her. That's not respecting her. That's treating her like garbage, and yeah. I've done that, and I've tried to go through the path the past few months of apologizing to people. Mm-hmm. And I'm still running to people occasionally where I'm like, hey, look, what I did was wrong, and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I've had people cuts me out and not want to listen to me, which is fine. That's, it's Fair perfectly enough. acceptable. Yeah. Or people that have a conversation, they say, thank you for saying you're sorry. Mm-hmm. Most people don't say that. Right. And then then also kind of give me a test to see if I've changed. Like, yeah. you want to hang out? Like, say, like, let's see if he really means it. Yeah. And it's, I think that, you know, we guys are creepy. Guys are mm-hmm. gross. Uh, I'm a guy. I don't know. Yeah. But I think that you can choose to respect women. Yeah. It's not a hard you thing can, to do. You, exactly. There's a, there's a, a drive that's natural that men have and if if and it's very possible if you don't have it to cultivate an awareness that makes it so that that you're not yeah. uh, uh, gonna uh, gonna uh, in any measure violate someone the the drive the drive i i would call the drive um sin <laughs> like it's a, there's a there's we're all sin is anything well, that separates us if you break it down the side there's yeah. there's 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 well how are you? You can term it in. in I'm. T- if I talk about it in science, there's like mm-hmm. men have ninety percent more testosterone or sure. in their body than, than women. So that's there's like, right? A a scientific force that's in the male that. But there's a healthy way, right? But I'm saying the testosterone is what's the problem. It's the sin nature because the testosterone you can you can find healthy ways to deal with your testosterone. You can work right. out. You can yeah. go jogging. You can lift weights. You well, can. That's what I mean. Is you cult- I, yeah, I you call cult- it cultivating a consciousness, sure. so that you so that you manage the the, the uh, you manage the potential for sin. Sure. How about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we're all still gonna. And it's not like I'm like, oh, we're in Christian. I don't sin anymore. Yeah, like those yeah. people are are assholes, they're and they're and you. they're also liars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like Just those, the are, same. Yeah. those <laughs> are the people that that are looking for the perfect church. It's yeah. like, all right, well, go, have fun. Which there is one now. I should add the caveat. There is. There is the, yeah, it's called the Perfect Church. It's on Metropolitan in downtown Atlanta. So you can't make the joke now. Yeah, if you're no, searching no, for the Perfect Church, you won't find it. Now you can say, if you're searching for the Perfect Church, they meet on Metropolitan. Go there. 
bet they're a lot of fun. Like, yeah. it's just, <laughs> it's crazy to me. Like, but, you know, that's their thing. Go there. Because if you actually believe the gospel, you, you believe you can't. There's no way you can be perfect. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you for certain. For, for certain. I don't understand my camera yet because I'm new. So I, but it stopped. Oh, so it stopped at one point? It stops, yeah. So it's. Did it, did it get the part where I pointed at it and I was like, oh, go see Night School and Theater, September yeah. something, Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish, Romney Malco, my boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We got it. We got it. I want that to be in the trailer so bad. Okay. Well, I'll. I'll uh, so at least a portion of it will be. I know Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. So you actually lived in, and we've got about fifty-seven percent left. So there's, looks like we'll be able to. Oh yeah, we'll get a, probably a full hour in without losing any. Sick. Charge. So yeah, that's how awesome. far are we in right now? How many? How long? Oh, we, we got like 40, 40, 40 minutes, forty-one minutes. Oh, so we got nineteen minutes left. We've we've talked for forty minutes, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing how fast these. It does. Go. I like. I like talking about myself. I'm an arrogant, that's the, arrogant well, twat. <laughs> you are you're the you're the focus of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah you are you are invited to talk about yourself. That's the, um, but you so you were as a as a missionary. You what countries were you in? Let me see if I can name them. I don't remember them all now because it's been several years. Uh-huh. There's a list somewhere with all of them. Um, I was in. Uh, I started in Germany, so mm-hmm. we did a conference in Mosbach, Germany. So that was a, that was just being trained for a couple mm-hmm. weeks. Then we flew to Jamaica, went mm-hmm. to the Blue Mountains, trained more there. Uh-huh. Then we joined our team in Montego Bay, Jamaica. We went to Kingston, Jamaica. Um, when we were in Kingston, we were there February 2010. And during that time, we were there in February. Uh-huh. And there there had already been 47 deaths, I think, if I remember the right, correct oh, yeah. number, in the neighborhood we were in. Like I was like, just that year. Jeez. I was like, wow. Like, that's that's uh, where Bob Marley's from. Like, that's mm-hmm. his hood. Is it, it was not because of crime. Yeah, just oh. it's just people go to Jamaica and Montego Bay. It's like mm-hmm. it's fun. And it's tourists. And it's like mm-hmm. yeah, right. Like drive up the road an hour, it's dark. Like oh. it's it's nuts. There's a lot of gang violence. A lot of um, a lot of sad things. We tried to help. You know, just kind of do inner city ministries mm-hmm. and, and help the kids there. Um, after Kingston, we went to um, I don't remember. This is when I started losing track, but I'll I'll try and list as many as I can remember. Bahamas, Bermuda, um, Antigua, St. Kitts and Nevis, uh, Dominica. Uh, then we sailed to uh, Europe. Um, we went to Malta and the Canary Islands. We went to Las Palmas and Tenerife. And then we went from there to West Africa. We went to Liberia, Sierra Leone, Ghana. We spent some time. And in each of these countries, we were in a specific city. Like mm-hmm. for Liberia, we were predominantly in Monrovia. Mm-hmm. But I went deep in the bush to some place that doesn't even have a name. Mm-hmm. It was like no electricity, just an orphanage full of children who had never seen white people or wow. electricity. We helped purify the water system so mm-hmm. that people quit dying. That was fun. There's a lot of stories just from that. Yeah, yeah. that. I was only there for like eight or nine days, but there's a lot of stories just from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I slept on the, I slept on a, a mud floor with rats crawling around me. So that wow. was an experience. Wow! Wow! I was Did able you to sleep. sleep. Yeah, slept peacefully mm-hmm. every night. Um, not everyone does in that setting, but yeah, I yeah. prayed. I was like, God, I need to sleep. But then I just went to sleep. So <laughs> um, that was fun. Um, and then when in Ghana, we were in like Takaradi, uh, Tema. We spent a lot of time in Accra. Um, Accra is like the the hub. Like where there's a movie theater, a oh, bunch okay. of people went to go see Toy Story three. Uh-huh. I saw Toy Story three, but I bought a bootleg copy because we were in West Africa. Uh-huh. I mean, my friends watched it. 
in the comfort of, of the, we've traveled by ship, so we watched yeah. it in the comfort of our home, like in yeah. the TV room, yeah. which you shouldn't do. That's illegal, but that's what I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the statute of limitations has passed, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm good. Clear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, I was in West Africa. Um, laws are kind of sketched there. Yeah. Um, then we went from there to North Africa. This was interesting. We were in... Uh, wow. I think I can talk about it as long as I don't. Well, well we I'm not supposed to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then I went to... <laughs> I shouldn't have mentioned that country, but it's fine. We're what? We're 45 minutes yeah. in. Yeah, yeah no, one's gonna, no one's going to listen to this. Well, I, I do edit down for to make it to... So don't okay, worry, so I'll, yeah. I can... You can just... Easy. If you just edit out that one country. I went okay. to a secure country I can't talk about for a very interesting <laughs> time in my life. And then I went to several secure countries thereafter. Uh-huh. Um, I can talk about that off mic all you want. All right. And um, then I went to Sri Lanka, India, um, and the Philippines. Wow. That so. is an impressive uh, journey. Yeah, it was <laughs> one of the I pretty crazy. I talked to my friend Nate Schmidt. He lived mm-hmm. uh, he lives in Indiana now, but for a while he was living in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like a few. This was a couple months ago. I said, "How long did it take you to realize like how crazy it was what we did?" He said, "I think it was about sometime last last year." I was like, "It just hit me like a few weeks ago." I was like, "That's nuts what we did," because um, I, I didn't really talk about it to anybody. And then because I experienced all this life change, mm-hmm. and then I come back and like I want to talk about it, and nobody really cares. Yeah. So I just learned not to talk about it. I'm like, I guess it wasn't as cool as I thought it was. Right. right. And then enough time passes, and my friend Jacob Harden was like, "Dude, that's pretty crazy. Like, yeah, you should yeah. talk about that." Right. Right. So I'm, um, I'm writing a book and doing different things to oh, talk yeah. about that. That's going to be worth it. Yeah. Uh, so I also uh, understand you start you starting a uh, your own record label. Yes. Is that, is it, that happening? Is it's it, happening. Yeah. It's uh it's slowly but surely happening. I have a bad um, habit of buying off more than I can chew. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to make sure my projects right now stay attainable and streamlined. Right. Good point. Good idea. So yeah, I'm doing yeah. music. I'm doing music right now just focused on just, you know, playing your open mic at mm-hmm. Hendershots, which is so awesome. much fun. Yeah, and yeah, then I play uh, uh, Katie's open mic at um, uh, Iron Factory, Iron Factory right, on Wednesday yeah, nights. Yeah. I'm not trying to really book shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I have played a few here and there. If they're offered, sometimes I say no, sometimes I say yes. And uh, that's I'm just keeping music just to that because that's attainable. And then I have time to write my book and time to figure out this record label stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be called Beautiful Mess Records, um, and it's a reference to an Andy Rogers song. Andy's one. Of my, yes, I thought I recognized yeah. that phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- beautiful mess in a, a flower printed sundress or something. I think yeah. his lyric. He played it last night. Um, he's he's a good songwriter. He's uh, my favorite right now in mm-hmm. Athens. I think. Um, he reminds me of like a young uh, Hank Williams mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. the way Liam Park uh, put it is he reminds me of a young Hank Williams which I was already thinking mm-hmm. that um, he said he's just kind of saying things no one else is saying and playing thing, playing in ways nobody else is playing mm-hmm. and I really I, bl- mm-hmm. I believe that so I saw him out like a hawk and I was like hey man we gotta do something like mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and we just be, we've become friends mm-hmm. like so it's not really part of it is me representing and part of it is just I have built connections over the past few years mm-hmm. with what I've done with people in Nashville because when mm-hmm. I was a teenager when I had like starting punk bands and doing stuff mm-hmm. I would go to Nashville often um, and meet people and develop relationships and play shows and visit, go to shows mm-hmm. um because uh, I just lived two hours away from Nashville. I lived in Huntsville, wow. Alabama for eight years. Oh, okay. So okay, I, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was right there. It's like two hours away. We went there often. Um, and uh, so I know that scene, and I've gone back um, occasionally from time to time. I know a lot of people there. 
So with my with my networking and connections and Andy's talent, mm-hmm. hopefully we can get we can get we can get him famous, <laughs> and then I can ride his coattails. Ride that's, the, that's the that's uh, the that's the plan. Get on board. Right? Yeah. Right. No, we just really want to record stuff. Yeah. Um, he wants to record music. I want to record music. Right. Um, uh, I like. We were trying to come up with a name. Beautiful mess to me is very symbolic mm-hmm. of my own life. Um, coming from like a womanizing past to mm-hmm. kind of being a born again Christian and caring about. Um, social justice issues and, and things that I never really cared about in the past. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't care about it. I was still, I was like, yeah, I'm up for that, but not being active in any way right, right. to find answers to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then also just any record label that started with a, with a devout um, born-again Christian and a devout atheist. Is, mm-hmm. I think that Beautiful Mess that, Records is, a, is an appropriate title. Oh, is that Andy's? Andy's, Andy's uh, yeah, Andy's an atheist. Oh, okay. He's a... Yeah, he. Uh, I like we we have a lot of discussions about theology and God. Um, we disagree, but at the same time, we agree on the fact that you should love your neighbor. Right. And um, I believe that. And that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what I Jesus mean, that's said. A, yeah, he said, "I'm going to give you one commandment: love the Lord your God, yeah, yeah. and then the second is like it: yeah. love others as yourself." Yeah. So. He's already halfway there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe he'll convert at some point. Exactly, right. And, but, and, <laughs> or maybe he won't and he'll just be awesome anyway. Right. <laughs> He's still made in the likeness and image yeah, of God, yeah. regardless of what he believes. <laughs> um, he, uh, we, we really have fun. We laugh together a lot. And uh-huh. we're, hope, we're hoping to put a little... We're both, we were hoping to record this summer and then maybe put a little tour together for the fall or the spring. Maybe do some... Like uh, what, yeah, I, what I envision is having a release week for his record mm-hmm. in Athens. Mm-hmm. So play like... Monday at Hendershots and Wednesday at Iron Factory because that's, that's those are our spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then at Tuesday maybe play the World Famous or something. Mm-hmm. Thursday maybe uh, Georgia Theater Rooftop. You have to book pretty far in advance. I've done it before, yeah. but it's it's hard to get on yeah, there. I don't um, know. But forty watt, I think we could get um, just kind of have just like a few, like a week of shows mm-hmm. promoting and trying to sell mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. product. Um, yeah. I like I, I have a sales background. Like I've I've sold. Mm-hmm. I could see you doing that. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm like a snake oil salesman. I'm like, you need this. But I, I quit because like I, I worked for DirecTV for a while, and then I worked for Kirby Vacuums. I'm like, I don't like this. I feel like I'm lying to people to sell this. And I was talking to Annie the other day. I was like, what's beautiful about this is that I, I am a good networker. I am a good at, at and if you at, believe, at but I believe, yeah, yeah, this is yeah. different because I believe yeah. when I say Andy's one of the best singer songwriters of our generation, I actually yeah. believe that. Yeah, so it's yeah. not. This is the first time where it's a product that I believe in. Yeah. yeah. In the past, I'm like I can't do it. They're like, you're making thousands of dollars. Why are you quitting? I'm like, because I'm lying to people and I'm morally conflicted. Like I'm not. I never. I never lied, but yeah. I still felt gross. Yeah, yeah. Like I still felt like I know how to do this. So it's like. That's where I, I do want to start a label. I have a, I have a couple friends, um, AC Wright. Haven't talked to him yet, but um, okay. at some point he he uh, he uh-huh. has a project called uh, The World Forgot. It's really really great. You should check out the, the World Forgot. The World Forgot. Forgot. Okay. Dot Bandcamp. Dot com. Okay. Um, he had an EP come out last year called Porch Nights. It's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, he's the reason I'm doing music. Okay. He, um, he had his first band was called Blaming on Blondie, and I was a uh-huh. uh-huh. I was a middle school kid and would go to his shows, and he was in high school and like really just kind of. Took me under his wing and would like burn me CDs and stuff, and um, awesome. got me into got me into the punk scene sort of. The, the punk scene in was it Alabama Nashville Hunt, area? Huntsville, Nashville mostly. Yeah. yeah, I mean like he played. He was part. He lived in Huntsville, but mm-hmm. he was part of the Nashville scene and the Huntsville mm-hmm. scene. Okay. Um, played in Atlanta often too. Blaine awesome. Blondie played, and then he had a band that was fantastic. That was mm-hmm. like um, I don't even know how to describe it. Just rock, just a rock band, mm-hmm. um, like a folk, maybe folk rock. 
uh, called Or the Children's Crusade. That mm-hmm. that I don't know. You could just Google probably Or the Children's Crusade, and that the record's mm-hmm. called Football Season Is Over. Mm-hmm. That that record is uh, for free online. Mm-hmm. But that's one of my probably top ten favorite records of all time. Well, who else do you hope to get in? Get on? Get on? Well, just start with us three is pretty good. Uh, like there's yeah. other people, but I, I like. Starting with us three, yeah, and then don't my, bite more than you can I'm, yeah. Yeah, 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 and my friend, my uh, make it, yeah, make my it friend, substantial. For my me. friend Gina, hopefully, but she's Gina, she uh-huh. she might want to do a different thing. Yeah. Um, she's she's leading a lot of like Christian conferences for women and lead worship and stuff. So she might not want to be associated with us assholes, uh, which is fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just I don't want to also don't want it to be just a, a label of boys. Like there are a lot of yeah. very talented women. Um, I mean, like I really like uh, several people. Like we're talking earlier um i'll talk to different people in athens i don't want to say their name in case they listen to this i'd rather talk mm-hmm. to them first i really what I, who i'd love to have is sienna chandler because she's like i oh, think yeah. the best and her yeah, band's yeah, gone yeah. monsoon but oh, yeah, i yeah. think sub pop's looking at her um cool. so she she she's when we met i was like this girl's gonna like be famous yeah. we were facebook friends at some point and then uh because i i friended her because i was an extra in some Couple of music videos right. that she sort of starred in. She had. She's phenomenal in yeah. everything, in every respect, like yeah. acting, songwriting. Just as a person, she's really uh-huh. pleasant and kind to others. Awesome. awesome. Um, but she's she's very she's brilliant. She's I feel like she's like a like a she's like a a mad person genius type. Really? Like just with the way she writes and visualizes things, and then. But I never you, got to know her. I just watched her sort of. Have you listened to Monsoon? The, mm, uh, I haven't. No, yeah, you should no. look up their their second records. They've been working on it hard for about a year, mm-hmm. but their first record great. It's fantastic as is. So I'm excited to hear the second one because she keeps telling me it's so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she's great. Cool. cool. That's. Oh, I'll keep. I'll keep that. Yeah, you keep you mentioning names, and I gotta like. Right. Yeah, I'm, I I use I'll, these opportunities I'll, to just plug as many people like, as I can that are better at their craft than I am. So, but you also reminded me of other people I need to get in here and yeah, Sienna gets Sienna. Like, Sienna is the mm-hmm. most fun person to podcast yeah. with. Okay, I've I've interviewed her for a thing for Flagstaff that never got published, uh-huh. and it was we both just had so much fun. And uh, then I listened fine. to her on a podcast for somebody else, uh-huh. and they were just laughing and having fun. Like uh, she's hilarious. just the best person to have yeah, for these cool. things for cool. sure. Try. I wish I didn't have to watch the. Power but oh, the we, we battery. Can, yeah, yeah. I just want to have enough power to save it at the end, right? And I want to make sure I ask all the important questions. What have I not? What have I forgotten to ask about? Let's I don't see. know. We've talked about everything. Um, uh, Miracle Workers, the TV show that comes out on TBS uh-huh. soon. We uh, it was supposed to come out in July, but I think the date got pushed back mm-hmm. because of a re- uh, reshoot schedule. Oh yeah, what was your role, and how did you get into working in in film? I'm actually going to go to a film uh, meet and greet at Flickr when I leave here. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a, every the, se- the second uh, Tuesday of every month. There's a uh, Phil Mathens meet and greet at Flickr. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah this is part of, this is just like, I mean, the larger Hollywood industry. My mm-hmm. friend, uh, Ben Smith, mm-hmm. so it sounds like we're just making him up or mm-hmm. that he's in witness protection, but like, <laughs> that's his name, Benjamin McDaniel Smith. Right. Um, he, he and I have been friends for years. We met through a podcast called The Bad Christian Podcast, mm-hmm. which as you can tell is appropriate <laughs> for me. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm bad yeah. at being Christian. <laughs> um, well, that's how we met through that and just our affinity for, um, the, just Christian subculture is hilarious and mm-hmm. fun to just pick apart. Um, <laughs> and then we both love art and music and movies, and mm-hmm. kind of see the world differently than most people because we're too preachy for secular crowds, mm-hmm. and then we're too um, 
so there were two Jesus for them, and there were there were two, they were yeah, we're, we're, you're too raunchy for us, and it's like <laughs> we have no place to go. So doing? and that's why we go to Renovation Church in downtown Atlanta with Pastor yeah, okay. Leon Scrupp. Um, <laughs> that that's a, a a great band of misfitted weirdos that just love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so we he met. Pointed you to your first. Well, he uh, movie he here, went he gig, yeah he was in Grady the program the film and media program at uh-huh. UGA. Uh-huh. So he graduated there, and I want to say it was like 2013, mm-hmm. class of 2013, mm-hmm. and um, he just started going went straight in, dove into the film industry, and you know didn't get opportunities for a while, but then he got one thing that was one day, and then four months later he got something that turned it was like a week, and then he started making a name for himself. So my basically my friend Ben did all the heavy legwork, uh-huh. hired me, and then I and you know me, I just came in like a fireball and was like going up to Kevin Hart and be like, Hi, I'm Paul Edgar, what's your name? Right, like right, and then right. just uh-huh. everyone's like, This kid's great, he works hard, he's personable, like uh-huh. um so then I was in. Mm-hmm. Um my his Ben's boss came up to me because in that industry it's like you have it's me, and then Ben was my boss. But then ben, Ben's boss was Matteo Arnold, and then his boss was Patrick Rafoli. And like pretty quickly, they both knew me, mm-hmm. just because, which isn't usual because mm-hmm. there's like 18 of me. But mm-hmm. I was just trying to work hard and make an impression. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, it, yeah. Uh, my and my first day, uh, my boss's boss Matteo came up to me and said, "What are you uh, doing next week?" I said, "Hopefully, still working on this movie." He said, "Great, that's what I want to hear." And then I was locked in uh-huh. until I decided. They work 90-hour weeks, and I don't want to do this. And then my role, but my role was uh, working in the locations department. So we w- we would read the script and pick locations. Oh, okay. Um, wow. And then we'd also be in charge of, and people know that. People are like, no, that's a job, which is like, right. that's fun. Yes, but then the, the bigger, larger part of the job is you were in charge of logistics for those locations. So we were in charge of logistics for a crew of film people who are the right. worst people in existence because they think the world revolves around them. Yeah, right, We're also right. a liaison between the cast and crew and the public which surrounds us. Mm-hmm. So it's a PR. It's basically a PR You got to do a lot job. of talking. And a it's lot. a lot of talking yeah. and, and being representing to anyone that has a problem. Mm-hmm. And trust me, Everyone has a problem. Everyone. Like, yeah, if you're yeah. filming in the neighborhood, everyone's upset. If you're filming in downtown Atlanta and you're blocking a road, everybody's upset. Yeah. So every every business, every person... Um, so it was a good role for me because mm-hmm. I'm good. That's the only thing I am good at is mm-hmm. talking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have no other special no, skill. That's not true. Um, but well, that's the only thing I'm gifted at. It's yeah, like I can okay. talk my way out of stuff. Um, yeah, so that was it. Was fun. I got to meet a lot of cool people. The coolest people I met weren't even like that. that like Kevin Hart's cool. Daniel Radcliffe's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, they're nice people. Yeah. But the coolest people I met were just like the weird people you meet in that industry. Are like, mm-hmm. well, so what do you do? It's like, ah, oh, well, I work in the group department now. But for a while, I just toured with. Uh, the Grateful Dead for like 25 years and got arrested for possession and this and that. it's like wow your story's insane like the film crew is really where you go if you don't have a home which is why like I did thrive pretty well there but I struggle with like being manic depressive and then when you're working in an industry where it's like work for 20 hours sleep for 5 work for 18 it's like that's not my body just doesn't do well with that which is why cocaine is so prevalent in the industry and I was like I don't think I want to do something that can yeah, maybe yeah, kill me. Yeah, make that a habit. No, no. Yeah. yeah. That's, so you were location scout, and then you coordinated the whole... Yeah, well, my team did. I yeah, started I, at, I at the bottom of the barrel, like, locations okay. assistant. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, I did I did do much of that I because of... Depending on who I was working with, Yeah. because of my um, capability mm-hmm. and capacity for the job, mm-hmm. I did do stuff that was above my pay grade, like, mm-hmm. like the scouting mm-hmm. and the signing contracts and that sort uh-huh. of thing. Which I'm not supposed to do, but okay, like I, I was on track to like go further, mm-hmm. but was also struggling internally. Like, is this what I want to do? Yeah. Um, 
And I had meltdowns a few times just because of like the sleep yeah, schedule sure, and stuff. Sure, I can see that. Yeah. There was one time uh, my friend Catherine, who was a PA on um, uh, on uh, Miracle Workers, mm-hmm. I was really just kind of holding the set together. But there there should have been two of me, and there was one mm-hmm. of me. And it was mm-hmm. a day where everybody had additionals, but our department didn't because mm-hmm. it, it's a strange industry. Location department really sets everything up in terms of like when you're shooting on location, and they're in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. But they're forgotten because nobody, like, everybody thinks they're important. Like, I do the makeup. I'm the, ca- I'm the actor. I'm the director. And it's like, mm-hmm. I remember Ben coming to me one day and saying, I don't understand. Because we didn't get our checks. Mm-hmm. Someone came and delivered checks in downtown land and just left without. Mm-hmm. But they called Ben to ask for directions on how to get there. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't see you. And it's like, we need our money. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, and then he came to me. He's like, I don't get it, dude. Like, none of this would happen if it wasn't for our department. And I was like. That's the way it is. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. So there was a day where I'm running around trying to please everybody uh-huh. and, and do all this stuff. And it was only me on set. And the reason was because no one cares about locations. So we were understaffed. And they're, they're yeah. all getting the next locations and signing contracts and trying to get a parking lot that went through, like all this yeah. stuff. And then um, Catherine noticed. She was very, very sweet. She came yeah. up to me and, and said... Hey, do you, um, you're doing a great job. And I just, like, I said, no, I'm not. I keep fucking up. And then, like, just, like, oh, no. stormed off. And then several hours later, I went up to her. And I was like, hi. And she was like, hi, would you like, like, a cup of coffee or something? And I was like, I'm really sorry I yelled at you. And then she was like, you didn't yell at me. And I was like, I definitely yelled at you. And I'm pretty sure I used an expletive and shouted the F word at you. And she, she laughed. And she was like, you're under a lot of stress. Yeah. And they, I feel like they, they're, they're, they're asking more. Of, probably, yeah. yeah, she was very empathetic. She was like. I feel like they're asking more of you than they should. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I appreciate your support. And, like, <laughs> I would have died. On that show, Miracle Workers, I would have died had it not been for um, <laughs> for the PA team. Cat, mm-hmm. and Jamie and, like, Steve and, like, all those guys. And I'm forgetting names right now. But um, <laughs> they're, man, uh, all of them, Tyler and Cass, all, all of those guys. And then I feel like I'm forgetting one. I'm really sorry, whoever that is. They won't listen to this. But um, <laughs> they saved me. Because they didn't. They, it was not their job to help me, mm-hmm. but they often mm-hmm. would be like, Man, this isn't right how they're treating you, and mm-hmm. they would help me do my job. So it was very, very kind That's of them. Awesome. That's awesome. I like that. I like, yeah. I like, I like the story of humans, but I don't like the story of uh, you know people wearing themselves out and then not being able to progress right but uh, so what are you doing now for, uh as you transition i mean for income back to athletes yeah for income or for- uh i was working at a dog grooming place and just uh oh, yeah. started i i started working for a, a company that builds fences uh-huh. um so i started that job on monday this week cool. is a week in between where i'm trying to rest and figure out all my projects mm-hmm. and, and what works and what doesn't and, okay yeah podcasting and and shows and and, yeah. and a lot of writing yeah, yeah I've, ri- I've written five songs this week so shit Happy about that. Damn. I mean, those have been in the works for a while, but uh-huh. like, I sat down and I was like, I'm going yeah. to devote time to doing this. Uh-huh. I played two of them last night. Those were those two were new. Okay, awesome. Right, right, right. I'll probably see you next uh, Monday at Absolutely. Open Mic. Yeah. The greatest open mic in the world. Oh, Can I plug you, you on compliment. your podcast? Yeah. Larry Forte runs oh, the greatest yeah. open mic in the world. <laughs> and he calls it that as a joke, but I've been, I was part of the New York scene, uh, the DC scene, oh, Atlanta, no, West Coast, no, and Flagstaff, no, Arizona. No. It is. It's and I've been around. Well, it also has to do with the bar Hendershots. Not only Hendershots is amazing. Yeah, it is my me. favorite spot. Yeah, yeah. But you, you and you and Hendershot. Now, who who took over Hendershots? Because it used to be Seth, but he doesn't run anymore, right? He, yeah, Seth. Well, so, Seth and his. What was the question again, though? Does Seth? Someone told me that Seth sold it to somebody. I think I think Seth and his brother had some other partners, and they they bought him out. 
Oh, okay. I believe I believe that's what happened. And then they they but now. So it's just a fewer people, but mostly Seth and his brother managed the oh, okay. thing. Well, so I Seth's think that's how it went. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I was told, I was like, yeah, I love Seth. And then someone was like, Seth doesn't run anymore. And I was like, yeah. are you sure? No, he's, like, yeah, he, he yeah. may not be, he may, he may not run all parts of it, but he's definitely, he's still, he's he's still definitely, the part. He runs yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he compiles the uh, with Mike list and sends it to me. Gotcha. And so I'll do standby and manage it. Right. At the at the end of the at the beginning of the night, but he it's a it's a fun time. time. But yeah, yeah, and so and Andy Andy Rogers and I are going to go to Nashville soon to record, so that'll be fun. That is good. I'm very I excited. Want, yeah, he's he's going to have yeah he's too. he's great. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> cool. Well, Dan Chick- Edgar, thank you so much. Thank sir. you, Larry. <laughs> Appreciate me. And I'll, I'll see you Monday, dude. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Beautiful. Well, that was fun. I could probably talk to Dan for another couple hours. And uh, once again, I'd like to thank KA Artist Shop. They run Jackson Street in Athens, Georgia. You have to walk up the stairs. I think they're open from 12 noon to 7 p.m. every day. So check them out. Look them up. KA Artist Shop. All right, people. See you next time. Oh, yeah. Another note. I'm recording this on my cellular telephone on the little memo app. So if it sounds good, I'm going to use it on the actual podcast. Even if it doesn't sound very good, I might use some of it because it's fun to sit outside. It's nice out here, a little breezy in the shade, no mosquitoes, a few birds chirping. (sighs) You have been listening to Limited Perspective. That's my voice.